Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of the Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great interviews, articles, podcasts, videos, whatever it is dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. Be sure to check it out at hitthatline.com. Lots of great things to get into today. I'm going to be talking a little bit about the Razorback baseball team as they have a midweek series against Northwestern State. We'll get into some nonsense as well. But really, I wanted to start with the podcast and dealing with Hunter Juracek and some of the comments that he made on my radio show yesterday. Uh, we, we were able to have him on the show and asked him about various things, mainly dealing with Eric Musselman and the coaching search and how that all went about. And it was pretty fascinating stuff, and I think that uh, a lot of it wasn't necessarily surprising. But one of the things and one of the comments that really stood out to me, though, was when he talked about the next step, the next big step for the University of Arkansas and where they're going to go from there as far as uh, what's their focus going to be on. Because all the coaches seem to be pretty much in place. Well, here's what he had to say, specifically dealing with some of the renovations in the uh, athletic department. And now it's my role to work with our team to provide our coaches and our student athletes with the tools that they need to be successful year in and year out. And that's, you know, we've got a $20 million baseball clubhouse project that we're in the middle of the design process on. We've got a $10 million track and field clubhouse project that we're in the design phase on. We've got a major renovation to the indoor track and field in anticipation of hosting the NCAA National Track and Field Championships in in March of 2021, we're going to do a major renovation to Bud Walton Arena here in the next three to five years um, because that's an important tool for our men's women's basketball program. So now that we have really good coaches, solid coaches assembled um, in a great group of 465 student athletes, it's my role now to provide them with the tools that they need to be successful. Again, that was Hunter Yurichek on the Morning Rush show yesterday. And, you know, the, some of the comments about the smaller sports and the renovations that they're going on for that, it's pretty much been known. And uh, those aren't necessarily surprising. But when he brought up Bud Walton Arena and how in the next three to five years he wants to have some sort of renovation, some big renovation done to Bud Walton Arena, that co- that comment got a lot of people talking yesterday and even today about what the possibilities may be when it comes to something like this. Now, I feel like Bud Walton Arena, and maybe it's bias, but I feel like Bud Walton Arena is the best, coolest facility that is on Arkansas's campus. I know some people will argue Bomb Stadium, and Bomb Stadium is a fantastic place. So is the Randall Track uh, Center and the... Uh, Bogle Park is also really nice for softball. I mean, Arkansas does not have bad facilities. But when I'm having my druthers and I have to pick one, it's got to be Bud Walton Arena because of how well it's aged. This is a facility that was built 25 years ago, roughly, and it's still in fantastic shape. In fact, one could argue that it is still considered to be state-of-the-art by most places and their standards. Even these new facilities that have been built that's all well and good, and I'm sure they have some things about them that are really updated and really modern. But when it comes to how it's held up, the way it was built, the way it's been just continued to be cleaned and renovated, at least in the small proportions and adjusted, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it doesn't get really any better than Bud Walton Arena. But when Hunter Yurchek mentioned that, I started speculating about what possibly could be some renovations. And, and, you know, the suites uh, got brought up as far as what people were thinking, that, that they would add more of those 
which I don't know how or where you could really add more suites. You already got Gucci Row seats, so you're not really going to add those. They already added an extra row to Gucci Row, so I don't think you're going to have to have that issue. Um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of, okay, so if you're saying big renovations, what renovations will happen? Some of you said, let's take seats out. Take some seats out because that's kind of where everybody's going when it comes to football, even basketball. You don't need a 20,000-seat arena anymore for Razorback basketball. Take some seats out and maybe make some more suites there. And honestly, folks, I have to disagree with those of you that say it. Arkansas can fill 20,000 people in Bud Walton Arena again. Now, I'm not saying that they'll be able to do it consistently. And I'm not even saying that them being a great team or a top five team, top 10 team, which would be a pipe dream. But even if they got to that point, I'm not saying that Delaware State or whatever on a Tuesday night at 8 p.m. would have 20,000 people there. I'm not saying that either. I am saying, though, that Arkansas has a program and has a setup that's easy enough to be able to have big-time games with big-time opponents and big-time crowds consistently throughout big seasons now again it's not talking about those lowly games in the midweeks i'm talking about every saturday home game in sec play if arkansas is a good team think about it folks if arkansas is a top 25 team consistently we'll we'll set the bar there because i don't think that's too far-fetched a top 25 team you're telling me that bud walton arena couldn't get 19,000 people in the stands for every saturday game every single one of them you're telling me they couldn't do that? Blasphemy. They absolutely could. You couldn't tell me that if they had a Tuesday night game, a super Tuesday night game against a Kentucky or Tennessee or LSU or Auburn or whoever, that they couldn't get close to 20,000? Maybe not 19 or 20, or, or but maybe 17, 18? Tell me they couldn't do that if they were a top 25 team? Of course they could. They did it just a few years ago. They were essentially having those big crowds all over the place. So I don't buy that factor into it either. Arkansas and Bud Walton Arena does not need to decrease their size just to decrease their size. It's not like they're struggling to sell season tickets or struggling to put butts in the seats at Bud Walton Arena. They don't need to downsize for the sake of it. But... I do feel like there can be some adjustments made to Bud Walton Arena that could give it a little facelift, make it a little more enjoyable for you, the fans, to go to the games instead of just watching the games themselves. Add a little flavor into the mix. For instance, find a way to get Wi-Fi to work. I don't know how you can do that with the amount of people that are there. I don't know how easy that would be, but for crying out loud, it's the 21st century. There's got to be some sort of way to be able to get consistent Wi-Fi working in the entire building for everybody to use. Imagine how much your life would be a little easier if a Bud Walton Arena, I'm not saying you can't watch the game or to take people's minds off the game or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, at halftime or during commercial breaks or whatever, if you're not engaged into the game, you want to check something, check something. Think how how much easier that would be. Or maybe if they had some sort of section We're not just Gucci Row where you had people wait on you. Made it easier to access concessions. Made it cheaper for concessions. Made tickets up up in the top deck cheaper. Imagine if they did that too. 
mean, there is a lot of factors and there's a lot of things that they could do to make Bud Walton Arena just get a little bit of a facelift. But I don't think downsizing the seats is the way to go. I'm not saying that, uh, Hunter Yurchik isn't going to downsize it. I would disagree with him if he did that. And I guess I would have to see how it all was put into place. But we even had a caller on my show this morning uh, even suggest the fact that they they need to take some seats out so that way you can spread out the rows a little more because it's hard to get in and out. You know that was done on purpose, right? Those seats in Bud Walton Arena are really close together on purpose because the atmosphere, the noise level, how that place is when it is rocking was designed to be where you feel like you're sitting right on top of the game itself. You're on top of your opponent. You're on top of each other. And the noise level is insanity. That's the point of it all. So I don't even see that happening. So, you know, when it comes to the renovations and big renovations coming around, I hope it's nothing that's going to take seats out of Bud Walton Arena. I hope that it is able to increase maybe student attendance, Maybe maybe I'm selfish about this. Maybe I'm biased about it, but I would love to have it to where students got their seats moved around, moved into a spot that's better than just sitting there in the side corner, honestly. Uh, maybe that's just me, but I feel like that would be beneficial, especially if they could get kids to consistently go to these games and to actually be engaged into the games. That would be one thing. But I think that there's a lot of greatness that can be done to Bud Walton Arena. I think that there's a lot of things that can be done to Razorback Stadium, even Bomb Stadium. I mean, that's what makes it so awesome is that Arkansas is in a place financially and with support from fans and support from you that they're able to pull these things off. If Bud Walton Arena didn't have the excitement with the basketball program or the fans that were really excited about going to games, you wouldn't have to worry about anybody wanting to renovate the arena because nobody would want to because there'd be no reason to. So the fact that they're even thinking about this or talking about this shows that they're expecting great things and some big things, and they want to continue to get the fans involved somehow, some way. I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know what Hunter Yurchek's going to do. But again, Bud Walton Arena is a very special place, folks. It's got 20,000 people that can fit into that arena. And then when the atmosphere is rocking, there is nothing that comes close to it. There is nothing better than a rocking Bud Walton Arena against a big-time opponent when your team is good. I mean, it's just in a frenzy. It's the energy that you can't substitute. Honestly, I'd like to see less. I'd like to see less piped-in music, all right? I'd like to see less DJs. I'd like to see less ads during spots of saying, hey, let's throw a parachute for Vold Vision. You know, I'd like to see less of that. Nothing against those companies. But that's not what's going to keep the fans engaged, Keeping fans engaged can be the band that's there. That's what their job is to be. Let the band take care of it. Let some of the videos that are up on top show old highlights, show old energy like that was really had high energy times at Bud Walton Arena. Just have those type of moments that can keep people engaged, energized, and flowing. That's what's most important. These suggestions will probably go on deaf ears, and that's fine. I'm totally okay with it. But when Hunter Yurchek says the renovations are coming to Bud Walton, I hope they're the right renovations. The renovations that'll make it better for the fan, not for less of the fans. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 
All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, another issue that I have to address. It seems like I do this a lot, but this is the best way to do it. Uh, was dealing with Texas A&M, because I had some tweets today about Texas A&M and their football program that got people really fired up and really talking about how I feel that Jimbo Fisher at A&M has to be the guy that gets it done, has to be the guy that brings Texas A&M to a national competitiveness and a national relevance, or no one ever will again at Texas A&M. Like, they have such a situation that's, it's dicey. You have a coach in Jimbo Fisher that has no real connection to the school besides him just being your coach. You're paying him $75 million. Sign him to a 10-year $75 million contract, $7.5 million a year, and his buyout, if he leaves, is $0. But if you fire him, you're going to owe him, I think it's like the entirety of the contract, but then 60% of that number, so 60% of however much you'd be at this point in time, in the next 60 days, like something crazy like that. And so it's just an asinine contract. And I kept making the comments that not only is Jimbo Fisher have to get it done at A&M, but I also don't think that he's going to be around A&M long enough to get it done. I think he's going to leave. I think that there's going to be another job that pops up that's going to be more intriguing to him. And I know people are going to say, well, sitting they can't pay him $7.5 million. Okay, so? So? I mean, and you really think that coaches, if he, say if he got paid, and I'm just making up a scenario, just say if he got paid by LSU because that Orgeron didn't work out, and he has connections to LSU. He had coached there for a long time. Uh, a lot of people said that that was a job that he was always interested in and fascinated in. Just say if that job opened up. And LSU couldn't pay him seven and a half. They could pay him six, six and a half million dollars a year. Do you think that Jimbo Fisher, if he's really wanting that job, is going to say, you know, that's my dream job. That's a job that I'm in better position to win at. That's a job to where I feel more confident about the people I'm around. But I'm going to stay here at A&M only because I, that extra million dollars is what sets it apart. That, that million dollars a year is what's really going to keep me from just living a normal life to living a life of luxury. That, that, that million dollars right there. No, that's not the case. I'm not saying that he wouldn't get other incentives and other buildups that would be able to pay him out at that amount. But to just come out and say that Jimbo Fisher's a lifer at Texas A&M, I think is stupid. And in fact, I, again, would make the argument that Jimbo Fisher, the next quality opportunity that opens up, he will take, and he will take quickly. A&M is not a place that coaches just go there. It, like, how, how I look at it, folks... Now, I know I'm kind of trashing on A&M, and that's fine, and I'm sure people who are A&M fans are going to listen to this, and they're going to trash me, and that's fine. I'll take it. But the thing about A&M that just is, is mind-boggling to me is they feel like as if you just pay the money to the coach, the results are going to come with it. Like it has a feeling, like you've seen it in NBA and NFL and even Major League Baseball where a team will overpay, pay out the wazoo for a player, and that player does not live up to that pay. I mean, you can see it all over the place. Like, look at what Albert Pujols did when he got paid by the Angels. Now, he was good, don't get me wrong, but was he worth that type of money? don't think so. What about what Bryce Harper's going to do with the Phillies? Is he going to be worth that type of money? It's hard to say. 
examples in the NBA, examples in the NFL, players just getting paid out the wazoo, and you scratch your head and say, okay, is this guy worth it? I don't think so. And I don't think the same thing about Jimbo Fisher. Not to say he's not a good coach. Not to say he won't do all right things at A&M. But you're talking about when you're paying a coach that type of money, you're expecting a national championship. You're expecting big money, big success, big branding for $7.5 million a year. That's, that's too much money, man. That's too much money for Jimbo Fisher to be earning. That's too much money than a lot for a lot of coaches to be earning. Because really, the only other coaches that are at that $7 million mark, at least close to it, is Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh. And only one of those coaches is worth it. Like, we, I always laugh about it. You can make the argument that Nick Saban is underpaid compared to most other coaches in the NCAA, and considering how much money he brings in on his end. So, Jimbo Fisher at A&M is just a weird pick all around. Do you think Jimbo would have gone to A&M if it wasn't for that money? I mean, seriously. Say if every school in the country was offering the same amount of money. Say if every, every school had $5 million a year to pay Jimbo Fisher. And he could go to any school, any school in the country, and but he would make the same amount of money. Where do you think? Do you think AM would have been top in that list? Do you think AM would have even been in the top 10? Do you think AM would have even been in the top 25? I'd be hard pressed thinking so. It's more than just money, folks. I know that it's a lot for Jimbo and it's very helpful for Jimbo right now. But it's more than money. Coaches, if they want to be successful, they're going to need more than just a fat check to be able to cash every single month. So I'm still sticking next to my prediction. We'll see if it plays out. Said Jimbo Fisher would not be around in three years. We'll find out. I'm sticking to it. I like my chances. But time will tell. I've been wrong before, although not that many times. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at RushJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel. Tomorrow afternoon, have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.